your day-to-day is most likely a lot of work because that's what we as SMEs do. As a small to medium business, maybe you should question the work you do and ask if it's bringing you happiness and meaning. Finding happiness and meaning. How do you get that? And how does that tie into creating a successful work culture? Find the answer to that and more on this episode of Forward Thinking. Hey everyone, I'm Darren Lake, the audio content manager here at Medici. Welcome to Forward Thinking, a podcast by Medici. In this series, we speak with inspirational business owners, brands, and marketing experts to learn from their experiences on the front line and uncover what it takes to build a world-class business. Having meaning behind work is something everybody strives for, and Ross Rieke, founder of Rise Consulting, is a great facilitator of that. Through his own research, storytelling, and in the interviews of Rise's own podcasts, organizations, leaders, and individuals have been inspired to find and lead with clarity. His positive culture that he generates for organizations is of crucial value for any SME to ensure that everyone in the workplace is driven and happy. Ross Rieke is a consulting research and storyteller who's passionate about making work awesome. His mission is to inspire people and give them the confidence to find their own happiness and meaning at work and help businesses through create the environments to enable it. What you'll learn in this episode, how to improve engagement when it feels like you're working at a job you don't like, the change of values across generations in the workplace, the impacts of Ross's coaching programs, the multiple benefits of networking events, and so much more. Let's jump into the conversation with Ross and Medici's head of content and employee number four, Brendan Hill. Ross, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So making work awesome, bit of an oxymoron. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't happy when they go to work. How did you get involved with, I guess, creating meaning and happiness at work? Well, I think that the, some people do see it as an oxymoron at work, and, and, that, <laughs> and that's often the case. But it doesn't need to be like that. So I've always been inspired by the people who make work work for them. Mm. So why does, why does work enhance this person's life and make them feel great? And for this person over here, it diminishes it and takes away from them. So I'd always had the idea to explore this. And I was looking for a creative outlet for my HR consulting business. And um, my way to solve that was to buy an audio recorder device and go and start recording a podcast called The Meaning of Work. Okay. And it was during that podcast that a friend of mine sat in on one of the interviews with Nicola. She had been an investment banker and then she quit and became a swim coach in Greece after having a bit of a breakdown. And my friend who sat in on it, she gave these amazing raw answers. My friend at the end said, oh my God, that was awesome. Imagine the insights you'll get if you keep doing these interviews and imagine the body of knowledge that would make a great PhD. Mm. And that's when every fiber on my body just started screaming at me. I curled over in the chair and I just said, oh shit, I got to do this. I need to make a phone call. And wow. I phoned an old lecturer from MBA and said, this is what I'm doing. Would it be a PhD? And then long story short, a week later I was signed up. Wow. It just kind of happened. Right. And I guess what are some actionable tips of ways that people can make work meaningful and awesome? I think it is important to make a distinction between short-term happiness and long-term happiness. We would use meaning as a proxy for long-term happiness. The short-term happiness, which the academics would call hedonistic happiness, is all about maximizing pleasure and minimizing pain. The problem with that in a work environment is anything meaningful we've ever done involves some sacrifice and some pain. Um, Think about 
climbing a mountain. You know, it's, I'm not a mountain climber. And <laughs> the last time I got dragged up a mountain by my Austrian partner, <laughs> I complained and I was miserable the whole way. Mm. But when we got to the top, it felt awesome. Mm. And it's kind of like that at work. You know, the, your day-to-day does need to involve some pleasure and some happiness. But the focus needs to be on the long-term satisfaction. And that's what we try and work with organizations and leaders on. And can you tell me any stories of a time when one of the clients you're working with has, I guess, cracked the code and figured out a way how to instill that long-term happiness in their company? (laughs) We worked with a client just last week on a leadership development program. So this is a bunch of high potential leaders in a small business of 200 people. Mm -hmm. And we went through the meaning and happiness work that we do with them. We went through personality and leadership. And at the end, one of the guys on the course said, so are you telling me that the way I behave actually affects the culture here? And he thought about it for a second and he said, so we basically are the culture of this business. So the connection he'd made was to feel a sense of belonging in a culture. That culture needs to belong to you. So we actually have an impact on it. But the, the code that we take people through, if anyone types meaning into Google, what comes up is meaning and purpose. And we've all heard the Simon Sinek, find your why. Yeah. And that's a really important component of finding meaning at work. But it's not the only mechanism for finding meaning at work. We do need a sense of belonging. We do need to engage authentically in the work that we're doing. We do need to have a sense of achievement. We do need to have a sense of self-worth and self-esteem. We do need to have great connections with the other people that we work with. And most importantly, we we need to make an impact on the communities we're working on. So we take a seven-step process through an organization. And the most common thing we find is people who are working on great causes end up being disconnected from the end user enjoying that, the fruits of their labor. Okay. So we do a lot of work with connecting those two things. That's interesting. I mean, from my personal experience, I worked for UNICEF, the children's charity, and I mean, everyone was engaged, everyone loved the cause. I mean, if you're working at a job that you don't like, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, how do you find that engagement? And I guess with the other employees as well. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is that you mentioned engagement and corporations have been measuring engagement for a few decades now. And if you look at the average engagement score now compared to when we first started measuring engagement, it hasn't budged. Wow. It hasn't moved at all. (laughs) So as a population, we are no more engaged in work now than we were 25 years ago. And in that intervening period of time, we spent billions and trillions of dollars on leadership development programs and organizational development programs. And we're missing the core component, which is finding the meaning in in the work. And we're slowly finding that leaders are cottoning onto this and saying, let's actually work out why people are here. What is the reason that they're here? And how can we connect people to what we're doing more? Mm. And what are some of the benefits of having an awesome workplace? I mean, obviously, staff retention is big. I mean, for us now, hiring is a big drain on resources. So much better to keep someone than try and find someone new. I mean, what other kind of benefits are there and any examples that you could tell us for any of the clients that you're working with? 
Yeah, sure. So when we work with clients, they largely fall into one of three categories. There's the people who just don't get this stuff. They're super, super cynical about it and they don't want a piece of it. And generally, they don't become our clients. <laughs> um, and then there's an older generation that say, well, maybe there's something in this. There's, I see the benefits and we see organizations as being way more productive, way more innovative. There's way less sick days, way more mm-hmm. engagement. The creativity of organizations just goes up dramatically when people have meaning and happiness at work. Mm. So there's an older generation of leaders who say, okay, well, there's some benefits. That's maybe worthwhile looking into this. Let's, let's give it a crack. But then there's this whole younger generation, millennials onwards, and the Gen Zs are going to be even more extreme in this. Mm. And they see meaning and happiness as an end in itself. Work should just be fun. Why can't we make it that way? (laughs) So um, with some of the companies we've worked with, we've seen just huge benefits. And the most common one we see is that the experience of the employees working in the business just skyrockets. They actually go to work and enjoy the experience. And they go home at the end of the week saying, that was really worth something. It matters what I do. Mm-hmm. And why do, why do you think it matters to them? Like it matters what they do? Well, with millennials, we know that as a cohort, they care more about this stuff than the previous generations. Mm. I can speculate on some reasons. I think the baby boomers have, I mean, they've They've used up all the oil, they've chopped down all the trees, and they've eaten all the fish. And <laughs> millennials are lumped with the problem. Mm. You've got to solve this. Yeah. Um, so they've grown up with a warming planet. They've grown up with environmental problems. And they're saying, we care about the future of the planet that we're inheriting. Mm. Um, we want to do something about it. So I think that has been conditioned into younger generations. Yeah. And I think that's a, one of the big reasons. Yeah, awesome. Exciting future ahead. And, I mean, focusing on your future now for a second, I mean, what what has you most excited and fired up in your business at the moment? Well, we're launching a couple of programs around the concept of leading with meaning and coaching for meaning. And it's around shaping the relationship that we have with work and enabling leaders to be able to pull those levers. I'm I'm super excited about rolling these out at the moment. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And what do you hope to see once you roll them out? Like how, how are these going to help these businesses? Well, what we see is the change in people's lives. There is such a dramatic difference between going to work and not enjoying it and going to work and coming home with a spring in your step. And yeah. It really does flow onto all aspects of people's lives. Mm. And that is the huge motivation for me. I I really want to impact people's lives in a positive way. Mm. I'm on the cusp of millennial, maybe that's got something to do with it. (laughs) So I guess for people listening, you know, they've recently started their business, they're about to make their first hires, or they're thinking about starting a business. What are some proactive ways that they can implement before they start to create a culture in their workplace? I get asked this question a lot, which is what is the... It's a version of what is the one thing that we can do to make our Mm. business a better place to work. And my consistent answer on this is make it a business priority. Actually put this near the top of your list with making money and getting our product out. Mm. Put it near the top of the list is happiness of employees, 
Mm. And the way that you would go about that, I would suggest, would be the same way you go about any of your other strategic initiatives, which is put someone in charge of it who's got some authority at executive level, mm-hmm. put together a, a working committee across section, have a invent a title called chief happiness officer, <laughs> pass it around, yeah. and engage people and ask them what it is that's going to make them happier at work. And mm. you'll be so surprised at some of the initiatives that come out of that. Yeah, one of the good examples that comes to mind, I visited Zappos, the shoe company that got oh, yeah. acquired by Amazon, meant to be the happiest place to work in the world. Apparently, it's harder to get into Zappos than it is to Harvard now. They're that happy. <laughs> but I mean... Why do you think more companies don't take this approach? Like there's always the, every year we see the top 100 happiest places to work. We see the flow on effects. I mean, you've mentioned a lot of them. Why are companies still reluctant to create this sort of culture? I don't think many CEOs get out of bed in the morning and say, I don't want my people to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I don't think they're doing it deliberately or consciously. I mean, maybe you get a couple of... There'd be a couple. <laughs> of people like that yeah. you might not want to work for. But mm-hmm. I, I think mainly it's because this area of this area of business is hard. Relations with people and work are hard. They're, it's a moving feast as well. It's mm-hmm. constantly evolving and changing. And it's not like building a product online, you write a bit of code and there there it is, the product goes out. You have to constantly work at this. And the literature around it is just so confusing. Um, mm. It takes a lot of energy to work on this. So I think it's more of an education piece and a habits piece. And I think it comes back to making it an actual priority. So if it's a priority, mm. then it will happen. Yeah, awesome. And I wanted to circle back, you mentioned... Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. So mm-hmm. obviously I got a lot of value out of reading that myself. Are there any other books or did you want to expand on Start With Why that have helped you in your business? I think Start With Why is a good place to start, but mm. don't end with why. <laughs> um, read other books and look yeah. at other other things. Purpose is really important, but if you can have all the purpose in the world and be really connected to that, But if you don't feel a sense of belonging and you feel an outsider in your workplace, you're wasting your time with that because you're going to feel that lack of belonging really keenly. So my advice is don't don't end with why. In terms of books that I've drawn from, one of my favorites was Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. He's a Austrian. He was an Austrian psychotherapist who lived in Vienna during the Second World War. And he ended up in Auschwitz and he survived. And he wrote this book about surviving. And one of his main observations was, if we have a strong enough why, then we can survive anyhow. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was very inspiring, the way that he was able to have the strength of character in his mind to shift his perception of what was going on. Mm, yeah. Sounds amazing. It's a great read. Yeah, yeah. check it out. And all the resources that we mentioned today will be in the show notes. So don't worry about missing out on any of the great value that we're dropping today. So taking a step back again to have a look at your business. So what are the best sort of investments that you've made over the last year? It could be a tool, a course or campaign. The best investment, hands down, that we've made over the last year, which surprised me a lot, actually, Mm. invested a small amount of money in 
a research company to do a piece of research um, with for us. And the leading question was, if you could choose between being happier at work or having a pay rise, which would you choose? And we found that 66% of respondents across the Australian population said, I would rather have more happiness at work. Wow, that is surprising. Yeah, it was surprisingly high. But then when we dug into this, 90% of those people said, more meaning in my work would give me the happiness. Right. So the news media really picked this up. And we ended up uh, in the Sydney Morning Herald and across all Fairfax publications. And then the ABC stumbled across it. And from that, I ended up on a an interview on live radio for ABC with a world-renowned psychologist talking about happiness at work. Amazing. And from that, Canon picked it up and they were sponsoring a white paper on the future of work and they published that out. So we ended up doing this one tiny piece of research around a question that was really, I just was so curious to know the answer to. Yeah. And it turned into a whole stream of publicity, which was really fun. Yeah, that's amazing. And touching on tools again, is there any tool, $100 or less, that you've made in the last year that's made a significant impact? It doesn't necessarily have to be business-related. It could be personal. Well, I know which tool I would use going forward. I'd buy a phone cover. I've smashed my phone about six (laughs) times in the last year. But um, the cheapest investment we've made from a marketing point of view in our business has been to host a series of lunch and learns. Right. So we get the space free in the co-working place that we work. Okay. We pay for a few sandwiches and we invite clients and people who are interested. Right. And um, we tell our story and we give a one-on-one guide on how to create meaning and happiness at work. And that's been hugely fun um, Mm. to do, but it's been really positively received with people as well. And talking about these events, are these more of a lead generation? Are they more about establishing authority in the space? I mean, what have they resulted in for you guys? Well, I think it's a bit of both. Um, our expectations were pretty low on these, you know, and I have to admit the first time I did it was just to practice talking about this topic in front of a bunch of captive victims. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um it struck a chord with people and we continue to do them and they definitely have re- resulted in leads, but it's the branding and the storytelling around this that has captured people's imaginations. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Ross, for all the value that you've given the audience over the last 20 welcome. minutes. As I mentioned before, we'll have all the resources in the show notes and you can find these at metagy.com forward slash podcast. And just before we wrap up, we've got a question that we like to ask all our guests. It's a bit different. It's a bit creative. Gets you thinking in abstract ways. So you're on the first flight to Mars with Elon Musk and the first settlers aboard the SpaceX Starship rocket. What business do you start when you land on Mars and how would you promote it to the new Martians? That's an awesome question. (laughs) (laughs) I love this question. I think if I was on the spaceship to Mars with Elon Musk... I mean, he is a genius and all, and Mm. it would be fascinating to have some time to talk with him. (laughs) But my impression of him is he's a pretty intense dude. Yeah, I mean, I hear that, uh, you know, SpaceX, Tesla employees, they're pulling 16-hour days, you know, six, seven days a week. Uh, So they're definitely engaged at the workplace, at least. (laughs) Well, I think there's a happiness at work conversation to be having (laughs) on that spaceship. But if we arrived on Mars and Elon Musk was leader of the Martian universe, then... 
With his intensity, I think they'd be crying out for a good comedy club, like they're here saying. <laughs> That's a good point. And what I would love to do to promote this would be, I would get a giant trampoline. Uh, <laughs> and we got less gravity on Mars, so we'd be we'd try and set a universe record for how high somebody could jump on the trampoline <laughs> every night that we open. Nice. And um, I think that would be a bit of fun. No, it sounds like lots of fun. I'm... Uh can't wait to sign up. <laughs> uh, so, Ross, once again, th- appreciate all the, your time today, all the value that you've given the audience. Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? Anything you'd like to ask people to do? Well, if you would like to know more, please go to our website, riseconsulting.com.au. But what I would say to anyone is if you are feeling that work and happiness are a juxtaposition and can't live together, Please know that it is possible Mm. and it doesn't need to happen overnight. But if you take steps towards what you love doing, it really is possible to get there. Amazing. Looking forward to checking out your website. It's been fun. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. From Medigy, you've just listened to Forward Thinking. Again, I'm Darren and Medigy hopes we helped you find more insights and tips into your business. To find out more about Medigy and get a listener exclusive three month free trial, visit us at medigy.com forward slash podcast. And while you're there, go and check out some more episodes. If you like what you heard, please share a link to another business owner or marketer who you think could get something from this. Also, to help us out, it would be great if you left a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Last, never miss another episode by following or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast player. See you on the next episode. Managing.